This is the Kinsey scale. Zero exclusively heterosexual. Congrats okay. on those sex. <laughs> Fucking freak. Uh, one, predominantly heterosexual, only incidentally homosexual. <laughs> So like a zero, so a zero is like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I shave. <laughs> Brunch. Brunch. Okay, we have our answer regarding the Arthur meme. That's never fucking going away. Right, because as soon as, uh, what is WGBH yeah. said that they don't like it. Right. So as soon as you say that you don't like it, if you're the creator of the the meme, yeah. Oh, that thing is going strong. I saw that uh, the Globe had posted like the AP story, and I was like, oh man. And I, I tweeted like here, like the floodgates are going to open up, and then like within an hour, uh, PFT commenter <laughs> had responded, and like just everyone was jumping in on it. I I had friends from high school who I haven't spoken to since high school. Who are like sending me <laughs> Arthur shit? It's I'm glad because I thought that maybe this was only going to last a week or so, and now it's never going away. So uh, when WGBH said put out the release or whatever, I clicked on it like uh, saying that like people don't care. I think that it's extended just beyond the Arthur Fist meme. Oh yeah, way beyond. Yeah, that. so well, I thought that it was only the Arthur Fist meme that was like getting was popular, and then I clicked on that on that thing and it gave a bunch of examples, and I was like, oh, that is a lot of Arthur. Oh and yeah, it is super inappropriate it's, for a lot of them. It's extremely inappropriate. Um, the one of him uh, buttoning up his pants while DW's on the bed. Is, <laughs> oh no, have you seen that? No, you haven't seen that no. one. Oh man. So that I think that's the one that WGBH is like really pissed about because it's like it's Arthur like in the process of putting on his pants like he just uh, uh, did a cum right and, <laughs> and his little sister is on the bed like two feet away and she's got her hands over her eyes that's unbelievable so you can imagine the mean potential in oh, that congrats on the sex you two. Um, my friend sent me one that was uh, it was an entire scene where DW had gotten her haircut and she was wearing a baseball cap and her friend went up to her was like I'm assuming her friend was saying like Hey why are you wearing a hat and she's like I don't want to say why and then eventually she, eventually she takes off her hat and they have some sort of conversation about how she doesn't like her haircut and there are these other two guys there and they're chiming in and my friend sent me that video completely overdubbed about like. They are, the guys are calling her a hoe. It's just like <laughs> the most awful shit in the world. And it's so fucking perverted to see this stuff that's it's supposed to be educational <laughs> and everything. And they pervert the fuck out of it. My favorite one is um, it's, uh, it's Binky, <laughs> angry. And uh, there's, I think it's like Francine, Arthur, and DW sitting down. <laughs> and... Binky's talking to them and he's angry and the caption is <laughs> I go say it no more. Put some respect on my name. All three of y'all. <laughs> so I don't know the character names anymore. Who's uh is Binky the I to look Binky's the ugly motherfucker. Is he is which one's the rabbit? Uh that's Buster. Buster is oh, fucking But I forgot that that guy existed and then I saw a picture of him in one of the memes and I was like, that dude looks hilarious. I don't fuck with Buster. Uh I fuck with uh I think his name's just the brain. What? For a show that's supposed to teach kids morals, like naming the smart kid the brain is... B- Binky in the brain. Binky like. in the brain. Um, Binky's awesome, though. But I think... Who's Binky? He's uh, this big 
I think he's supposed to be their age, but like, did you ever have that kid in your uh, like your age group? This is going to be extra true for you, but is just like such a bigger person than you. Not, yes, not all like, of them. Not like a fat guy or like a particularly tall guy, but you're just like, wow, that person is just like a, he's like a tree. That's what uh, Binky is. Binky's like this fat motherfucker, and he's always wearing. He's like a guy who wears like no matter what size jeans he's wearing. Like, they fit him, like, perfectly to... It, like, they're not skinny jeans, you know what I'm saying? They yeah. just kind of grip him. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> that's what Binky looks like. Now that I'm thinking about it, fashion-wise, Binky would be wise to just let the hamburger meat go and we just should, be like a we were talking, Here I Am World. We were just talking about... Uh, uh, we're planning on doing an on-demand movie review for Monday. Yes. Uh, this upcoming episode. Um, we should just go back and watch Arthur and give Arthur takes. Yes, it's hot on the streets. So we should. But the problem with that is that like nobody's still watching Arthur. That's our age. So I don't think we that's would, true. I, I I mean like maybe they are just well, to go not, back and fine. grab the memes. If they're not, that's fine. We, I've actually had uh, gotten requests uh, to review things that we haven't watched because our review of Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates apparently went over very well with the listeners because. Like I said, uh, p- people asked, are you going to Pearl Jam? And I was like, no. And they're like, you and Pete need to review it anyway. All right. And we, we can do that. We can do that. But I'll tell you what it's going to be. It's, oh, I can't believe they played one of their songs. Like, they, they're at a concert and they play all their songs. They I were, couldn't believe they did one of those. They were pretty good, but they sounded a little bit old and they weren't as good as they used to be. Yeah, they're but getting it, but up the, there. But the atmosphere was awesome, so it was definitely worth going to. Right, and you can tell, like, even though Theo's not there anymore, they just have such a, a relationship with Fenway. And it's like you feel like they should be from Boston and they really respect <laughs> the, the atmosphere of Fenway. Yeah. I would definitely see them if they came back again. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, they're one of those bands that you have to see every time you see them. And when they come on tour, and sure, they didn't play a lot of things from 10, but 10 is for losers. That's how I know that you're not a real Pearl Jam fan, is if you only like stuff off of 10. I mean, why would you like their best music? What kind of fucking loser? So that's what they were all saying in the crowd, and we agreed. Now that was our Pearl Jam and review. That's our Pearl Jam review. <laughs> two before days before yes. it happened. I love that. We haven't seen it, and that was our Pearl Jam review two days before it happened. Um, so for Monday, um, we we don't really have an idea of what on-demand movie review we want to do. So if you have any suggestions, get them in. And if not, then we're just going to binge Arthur. Right. <laughs> um, what do we... Actually, like? here's an idea, people. While people are uh, dubbing uh, Arthur, here's a fun little project for you. Uh, <laughs> take Arthur scenes and put brunch to it. That would be amazing. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? Yes. I, would I don't like think anybody to be... will do that, but I would be very happy if they did. I know that people are going to make me DW no matter what, but <laughs> I would say I'm going to put in a request to be... I'm going to go with my man Binky. I think that, A, he's one of like the two characters whose names I remember, and B... I just like that he's all he, he takes no shit. He's like Birdman. Uh, uh, before we get into reviews and stuff, do we want to talk a little bit about um, kind of what we have in the on future? The, on the docket for today? Yes, not today. Uh, well, I guess we could mention today. Today we have uh, Bob McKenzie. Yes. Is, uh, we don't well, really not, have Bob McKenzie. Not really Bob McKenzie of TSN. We have uh, Bobby Margarita of Off Season. Yes. So. And when we booked him, that's how we said, we were like, hey, we want to talk to Bobby Margarita while he's Bobby Margarita. 
and uh, just like didn't hear back for like an hour, and then he was just like, "Let's go." That's and, the typical Bobby Margarita response. Yeah, it's like he's he's out of pocket for an hour, and then. And then he's he's all on board. Well, typically when you try to get like a huge like one of the real big dogs, it's usually like they either completely ignore you or they or they say something along the lines of I can't do it on such sh- short notice, but let's get something in the books. Yeah. And Bobby Margarita waits for no one. He was he was ready to go. That and is awesome. So that was a good interview. He uh, was fantastic. Yes. Also. Uh-huh. The crux of it is we didn't we barely talked about hockey with him. We just talked about music and vibing out and drinking margs. And it was great. It was it was really cool. Um but I was talking about more in more in the future, uh specifically next Friday, because we are definitely going to uh talk about sausage party next Friday. Yes, we are. Um yeah. I am excited about it. I we may have a guest in the works. That we won't drop yet because we don't know for sure if we have them. But I'm sure that we will talk about that movie either way because I plan on going to see it Thursday. Yeah, I'm, do- I'm doing the uh, the Thursday night viewing thing. So okay. we'll just have to find a couple different theaters and uh, and see it. But I'm looking forward to that. I need, uh, I need some good animation in my life after The right. Secret Life of Pets boned me in the face so this is so this isn't a kids movie but it's an animated movie so we either only do real-time reviews on kids movies or animated movies yeah so those are the only things we do that for (laughs) um you know what i like about uh about sausage party what is that michael sarah's in it and then michael sarah is pretty now it seems like he is firmly in that group and i fucking love that because i'm a michael sarah guy uh, he's part of the June seventh, nineteen eighty eight club. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Dave Bean, Milan Lucic, Matt Bolesky, Michael Sarah, Deej, the list goes on and on. Um, and I really loved him in Arrested Development, and I thought it was such a shame that uh, I was glad he did Super Bad. But I just always saw him as a guy who wasn't going to have a career because I was like, you can be weird for only such for only so long like at some point you're either gonna have to do indie movies the rest of your life or just play a serial killer and i like that he killed it and this is the end and he'll probably kill it in this because i think he's the man it's funny that you say uh, indie movies or a serial killer because that makes me think of uh i forget the guy's name i'm looking it up now uh paul dano 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 uh, he was in that movie Prisoners, where he played an absolute creep. Uh, he was in, um, I'm, I believe that he was in uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Oh yeah, uh, he was the dude from uh, There Will Be Blood. So his he's like face the- kind of looks like you didn't see the show, but his face looks like the Life and Times of Tim if it were a, an IRL show. So I think that that dude is like what you envision Michael Sarah's career being. He's in like indie like weird uh kind of charming movies right yeah exactly or he plays like a real big creep yeah but i even if he's like i've seen all the the michael Sarah movies i've seen the uh like the scott pilgrim versus the world and all those things what was the one where he uh what was the one where he like burns down a house or something where uh youth and revolt i haven't seen it that was good um, I, I'm not surprised that, uh, well, I was surprised that Sausage Party has like such a, a such a banger cast. Yeah, it's but deep. then I, but then I thought about it, and I, I mean, 
animated movies always have sick casts. And also that group, that's like the Seth Rogen, Bill Hader. Like the, right. You so, want to get in that. Right. You know? So that was what I was going to say. Like animated movies always have good casts. And then you mix in the Seth Rogen. Like he's got his buddies on speed dial. Right. So there's always going to be a good group there. Uh, so I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be dope. Um, let us get to, do uh, you want to do reviews or emails? Let's do uh, reviews first because they're quicker and we have a... We have a, a monumental hum- We have email. a humdinger of an email. Yeah. Um, so let's get your reviews. Bring them up. Here okay. Um, 42069, this podcast is nice. Uh, appreciate the 420, but again... We, but, we, we're but, not. We but, can't. We're not really good at drugs. Yeah, but so. people offer them to us, so we can. We're in. That's that crowd, true. So. so we're like, yeah, we're drug guys. <laughs> right. uh, even if we we never possess or do them. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Again, we're we're hey, we're straight. But let's blaze. Yeah. Um, uh, see how I just casually rejected those drugs. I said <laughs> we're straight, and they were like, oh wow, they probably. Probably have their own drugs. R.I.P. Harambe uh, by Harambe 69696969696969. Pete and DJ are really funny together. It's definitely worth the listen every Monday and Friday. That's, That's how you know the person actually listens to the right, broadcast. Because they know the days. Um, so to read the... I, I didn't actually read the 421. I just... Uh, criticize them. Deej and the 12-year-old formerly known as Gift Boy discuss all things pop culture and sometimes also sports. Usually their opinions are right. Deej, your coffee takes are awful and you should be ashamed. Uh, Brunch falls somewhere between a 2 and a 4 on the Kinsey scale and often subverts hegemonic masculinity with an overall effect of soft bro. That's how you know that person is smart. They use the Kinsey scale and hegemonic. Hegemonic. Man. Uh, well, good for that person. Um, I don't know what either of those mean. You you used um, the... By the way, uh, what are the numbers on the Kinsey scale? Is it through four? So do you know what the Kinsey scale is? Really. It's, I think it's like the, the gay or not gay. It's the... Yeah, it's the not gay to gay scale. Oh. Um, so what's a one? Which is That's, wholly they unbelievable that? that that exists. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, as I was oh, asking, so, uh, you, she if said you, she said be- we're d- between a two and a four. That must mean that four is gay. Uh, let's see how many. So all right, so here we go. This is the Kinsey scale. Zero exclusively heterosexual. Congrats okay. on those sex. <laughs> Fucking freak. Uh, one predominantly heterosexual. Only incidentally homosexual. <laughs> so like a zero. So a zero is like oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I shave. <laughs> um, two. Predominantly heterosexual, but more than incidentally homosexual. So she said she's, two. Now she's barking up our tree. Right, exactly. Um, three, equally heterosexual and homosexual. <laughs> this is the sweet spot. Four, predominantly homosexual, but more than incidentally heterosexual. Um, before we go any further, two to four, honestly, is like the that's, perfect yeah, that's range. Pretty, so that's, uh, uh, good on you. Right. Five, Predominantly homosexual, only incidentally heterosexual. Six, exclusively homosexual. And then after that, there's an X, which is no sociosexual contact or reactions. So that's like when you ask someone a question and their answer isn't sexy at all. (laughs) Right. Uh, That would have really thrown me for a loop if she said that we were an X. Right. I'd be like, what? I couldn't even deny it. I'd just be like, well... Shit, that seems that sounds like it sucks. Uh, have you ever gone whitewater rafting? <laughs> no. So they have a classification of rapids, much like the Kinsey scale, where it will. It's like 
I think it's uh, one through five or something. And it's like one, you can have your dick out the whole time. It's fine. And then it goes more and more. And then like six, it's like unnavigable. And so when you go on them, even though if you get through them and live, then obviously they are navigable. Right. But um, it'll say like unnavigable. So when you get through it, you're like, I'm a fucking man. <laughs> uh, I've actually only done whatever the whatever the highest rapids are. Those are the only ones I've done. So uh, then they're super navigable because right, you're still I alive. <laughs> got through them. And like, yeah, anyway, um, as I was asking you if you knew what the Kinsey scale was, I was looking at, I was Googling it, and I saw that it said, like, heterosexual, homosexual scale. And I was like, got it. I did not know what Kinsey scale was before I read that. Okay. Um, but I feel that at this point, it's only fair to uh, spend a lot of time on this Kinsey scale <laughs> thing because I think that's a, that's a banger of a topic. I think that calling somebody an ex is quite possibly like the meanest thing that you could ever say to somebody. That's right. basically being like... No sex at all. <laughs> right. That was and like, have no interest no in... No one's going to like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, There ain't like, a thing on this earth that would like, fuck what you just said. You could be super ignorant and just be like, you are the gayest person in the world and say it as a bad thing. Right. But at least like... You're, that means you fuck gay like, guy. Like, right. Like, you have sex with other people. Right. Like to say, like you are the most uninteresting person in the world, the, and nobody would ever want to have sex with you, regardless what's of who the t- you want. Uh, like asexual, yes. Like some yeah. animals and species yeah. are asexual. They just do themselves. Um, so when did the Kinsey scale come about? Um, looks like it was something in the forties and fifties. Uh, I was going to be horrified if it was like the Kinsey scale came out in like two thousand eight and. <laughs> So so they used to gather people around and just interview them, and then when they'd... How nervous would you be if someone asked you a question, and then when you answer it, they mark down, like, uh, like, predominantly homosexual. (laughs) But he has incidental heterosexual. That was incidentally straight. (laughs) Uh, Um, By the way, this is, like, the mark of a great comment left on on our iTunes page. We got content out of it. Right, yeah, we so just... Unbelievable comment here. We learned about stuff. I'm going to a party night. I'm going to talk about the Kinsey scale the entire time. I think we should make this like I'll a... I'm going to get kicked re- out, actually. Recur- <laughs> recurring theme is to just bring up the Kinsey scale. Yes, we're, we're going we're gonna to slap uh, one through six on or things. X. Or zero, or six. Uh, zero no, through Never s- zero. Zero is exclusively heterosexual. Oh, there's not a person in the world that is a zero. And I, if there is... I don't want to know you. You are the last fucking person. Right. Again, I like know. you said, those are the uh, boobs. <laughs> if, also, I'm going to call this out. Uh, someone posted a GIF. Uh, it was to you of Katie Nolan oh, doing that. That was amazing. And I don't think I've ever been a bigger fan of, of Katie Nolan. Just her face the, was just like, like that she just like was embodied what that those sounds that I just made. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that's the most <laughs> I've found. That's the most fun thing to do. Like those <laughs> since we recorded the show thing i've been trying to work those grunting sounds into like five conversations a day everyone hates it but um <laughs> yeah shouts to katie nolan for for that um i don't i don't know what the soft bro thing at the end of this review is but i i you use the term uh bro satire on a recent podcast and i thought that was uh you know you use it to describe our behavior at uh at Lollapalooza, Lollapalooza. and i really like that term um and I think that bro satire exists in a lot of different ways. Again, it's like it's the reason I am a big fan of like Big Cat and PFT right. because they're clearly they they clearly don't believe a fucking thing they're saying, but they're mocking that there are people <laughs> in the world sell it so well. Right, exactly. Um, but uh, 
yeah, bro satire I think is good. Soft bro is okay. Um, I was a little perturbed that Rolling Stone um, did a best of for Lollapalooza, and it was like uh, like best band that still needs to put out another album, like Heim. And so it was like all best things that were clearly catered towards just one thing they want to talk about. And one of them was uh, best meme for bros, Harambe. And I was like, that wasn't necessarily a bro thing. There were girls carrying around Harambe signs right. all over the place. There were tits out for Harambe. Um, I think that um, boys is now uh, becoming neck and neck with bros and soon That's to surpass upsetting. it. No, I, so I, I prefer boys to bros. Right, but then now we're not going to be able to say the word boys without like getting accused of being oh, bros. Uh, yeah, that's true. Like even Saturdays for the boys, now like the like like sexist people are like taking it super seriously. Right. And it's uh it's going to get ruined. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends asked me uh is it should he feel bad for not wanting to go to like a going away party that's 99% men? And I responded 99% guys or 99% men? And he responded, no, men. And I was like, you don't want to go to that shit at all. I, I would never go to something like that. If right. it's 99% guys, sounds like it could be a fun time. But uh, men, we're, we, we don't like zeros here on, on brunch. <laughs> right. you you got to be um, even a one predominantly heterosexual and only incidentally homosexual. We're not incidental over right. here. We're, yeah. we're, we're, as two would say... More than incidentally homosexual. So uh, yeah, if if you don't, if you're a zero or a one, we chances are we're you're not for us. Um, a one seems like one of those guys who would like like give you a hug and then like realize mid hug and then be like, like no homo, God, get yeah. away from me. Yeah, that's yeah. So zeros are uh, homophobic people. Ones are guys who don't think they're homophobic and say things like no homo. Uh, two are. Again, I don't Us. love the predominantly heterosexual <laughs> part, but um, I wish two was like heterosexual enough, but more than uh, but more than incidentally homosexual. That's that's like that's that's what I want for a buddy. <laughs> um, three equally heterosexual and homosexual. That's what I I like three because I've got gay friends who I would classify as like threes. You know. Okay. Um, so nice. Yeah. Uh, try to be in the two. Try to be in the two to six range. Don't 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 bring us an X. Don't bring us a zero or a one. Um, although we should start using the term uh, like ex girlfriend as like uh, like she sucked. My girlfriend who who would want to do that? <laughs> um, uh, so good review. Yes, awesome review. Um, I want to hear you attempt to pronounce my last name. So I'm being brave by taking this one. Uh, Eric Eric Lazinski. It Eric? could be that. I was going to say Lachinsky. Yeah. Say, all right. I'll go Lizins- Lizinski. You go Lachinsky. Yeah, I'm using the Minkiewicz rule and okay. uh, and seeing a bunch of letters and just the going... Fact, the fact that he said, I want to hear you to attempt to pronounce it, probably makes me think that you're correct and I'm not, because I'm pr- basically... Doing pr- it phonetically. Right. But uh, I, there's also a big chance that this isn't even this guy's last name. And he's setting us up. Fair he enough. Said, you can't pronounce my name right, and then he gives a different name. Uh, Pete is definitely the cooler of the Pete DJ right, bromance. Cool. <laughs> Fucking take X. it. Uh, but the DJ's but with DJ's self-deprecating takes, I feel like I relate more with DJ. Yeah. Uh, either way, 
Where my two's at? Either way, both contributors are the definition of hashtag bromance goals. If the brunch podcast is not a part of your life, then you are definitely missing out and are hashtag not for the boys. Wow. Uh, I'm going to make it awkward right now. I was actually kind of worried. Uh, I was wondering if we uh, were going to jump the shark by becoming friends. I, th- I thought that <laughs> yeah. well, once we started like hanging out and going to concerts together, I was like, uh-oh. Now this is going to be the, like we, we added a baby to the TV show, you know? <laughs> Um, but no, we got bangers still. Um, I'll well, take that well, by the because way. Because like we're we're not really like losing any content. Yes, because we're, we're just talking about the same things that we'd be talking about on the podcast, basically. Exactly. In fact, we're gaining content because right. we're seeing weird shit happen to each other. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I don't mind that take. Uh, Pete being the cooler one of us. Um, he's younger. Uh, for all you know, he's better looking. Um, I think that there's still a debate to be had there but yeah boys boys town in chicago agreed right i'm so we fucked up so badly in boys town we could have crushed (laughs) we would have brought we could have brought the kinsey scale had all sorts of conversation pieces that would have been amazing if we just recorded us going up to gay people in in uh in boys town and being like where would you rate yourself on the kinsey Kinsey scale? scale that's i'm still my mind is still blown at the kinsey scales existence uh, is that the last of the reviews? I think it is. I think There's it is. There's three of them. Um, important email that we got was, um, what should we, what should brunch fans call themselves? Um, the emailer, and I can't, I'll find it. Matthew Nolan, from yeah. what I remember. Yeah. Um, shouts, uh, shouts Matthew. He said, um, like Barstool has stoolies and, um, and they were basically if Barstool has stoolies, what do people who love brunch and are devoted to brunch, what do they call themselves? And I think he like suggested like brunchies, brunchettes. brunchies, brunchers, and brunchettes. Uh, so I don't have an answer to this. I don't. I don't like any of those. I don't. For definitely sure. not those. Throw those so right thanks for the getting the, one, the bad <laughs> right. ones out of the way. Um, but I would like for people to tell us what we should be called or what you guys should be called because I think it'd be a cool thing to have people say that they're a whatever. Um, ideally, I think it would involve a reappropriation of something that um, back in the day may, may have had like a neg- negative, like quote unquote gay connotation, you know? Um, but I couldn't think of anything. Brunch like that. tards. Brunch tards. That's not bad. Um, yeah. I'm trying. Uh, shit. I couldn't, there's no like cool brunch pun. And no. if there is, we, we haven't thought of it. Um, we're more we're more ideas men, not uh, not fan name ideas men. But the fact that like that somebody is uh, a fan of, enough of the podcast to want to call themselves something yeah. is uh, is awesome. I think one thing maybe like brunch babes. <laughs> That's okay. It's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah, it's too too long. I, I don't want more than one word. I don't right. think uh, babes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like like sex. <laughs> just like right. a word that actually exists. <laughs> right. Call yourself a sex. Um, I mean, well, now now with the Kinsey well, scales in play, well, we could. I mean, if if maybe like a Y, because if an X is a terrible person uh, yeah. on the Kinsey scale, like if you're a Y, you, you, everybody wants to have sex with you, no matter no matter what you are. Yes, yes. Well, that that's kind of like a three. You're equal parts heterosexual and homosexual. Um, I'm going to rack my brain over this, but I want you guys to come up with shit because, uh, and we'll put it on Twitter too, because 
once we do get merch, by the way, merch update. Um, I thought same of a poster idea. That poster idea was a good idea, by yeah. the way. Um, but yeah, same same status as as where we were last week or on Monday. Like the the munch the the. <laughs> The merch. <laughs> the merch has picked up no steam. There's about a thousand. Once we do have merch, though, the good news is there is going to be a million ideas. Um, but for merch's sake, it would be cool to, to put on there that you're a whatever a brunch fan would right. be called. Um, someone also wrote in asking about kind of like, um, like a heavy email. Yeah, it was like uh, s- s- basically sexual harassment uh, in the workplace where uh, she was told. Uh, not to go into people's offices, uh, and if they had questions, they should email them. But they didn't. They weren't. They were only doing that with the female employees, right? And for a little bit of context, she's 23 years old. She works for a professional sports team, and she's one of very few women in that organization, right? In and, that office, and she says they've all gotten the same thing, right? And so she said that she works uh, in a sport where. Uh, that it caters towards exclusively white men, uh, caters towards exclusively to white men uh, who value manliness, toughness, grit, etc. over anything else. And then in parentheses, so tennis. <laughs> bet you don't know what sport this is. Um, um, and then, so basically, she was basically told that like she doesn't dress, pro- she doesn't dress pro- provocatively. She's not tits out for the boys. Right. Uh, she calls herself a six. She out says of she's 10. a six, and she wears like. Like slacks every day or something, so she's right. not putting it out there, right? And so she was like, "Shouts to sixes who do wear slacks every day." And so, like, this is the end of the email where she, where she basically like it is, you know, kind of explaining, like, I can't help but feel penalized for something I can't control. Uh, then she talks about the 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 dress code and that she's a six out of ten. Um, if you if if that's too much of a distraction to do your work. You should probably work in a uh, in a straight jacket and not in an office. Uh, and what's with under no circumstances? Is everyone jerking each other off underneath? Oh yeah, their they desks? said under no circumstances, like come into right. the offices. <laughs> it's like is everybody jerking each other off under their desks? And they're worried that'll walk in on it. Uh, and then she said, "So my question to you, as men who work in sports, how common is this kind of rhetoric in the sports world? Should I stand up to this guy who is?" By the way, this guy is the is uh, the president of the of the oh, office or geez. whatever. Should I stand up to this guy? Uh, I am, j- or am I just being a sensitive bitch? Uh, the last thing I want to do is cause a big scene and prove some sort of outdated point that women should shouldn't be involved in sports. I love sports and I love what I do, but I worry I will grow to resent them both if I have to deal with a Neanderthal viewpoint for the entirety of my career. And she signs it. P.S. Pete, I know you would never treat your female coworkers this way. Get it? Because they are your mom and your dog. Boom! That is a heavy... Fuck you, Pete! That is a heavy fucking bomb to drop in a PS. That's an awesome so, PS. That's right. that's a top 10 PS. Um, so unfortunately, Pete and I uh, have zero combined days working in an office. Pretty um, much. you. That's not true for you. You've worked in an office for sure, right? I know. Really? I go in... Like, what do you mean? Like EEI? Yeah. Um, there's an office, but it's a fucking ghost town. I never, I only go in there to like say hi to Scott McLaughlin and when I have to go on the radio. Okay. That's it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I have no real, like, so it says as men who work in sports, how common is it? Like, I have no fucking idea. Well, because I, I go to something every day. So I, um, like I go to practices and games or whatever. So I do see a lot of men, um, with women working there. 
uh, I just feel like I'm coming at this. I have a bad point of view because I'm a guy. Um, so I haven't had to deal with this um, right. disadvantage. But uh, they're being weird as fuck if they're... That's super not okay. Yeah. I, I feel like pretty much any place would say that. Because if that like, were that common, then there would be shit about it, you know? Right. And, uh, like, so she's like, am I being a sensitive bitch? No, not at all. Like, if you're told not to, like, be a part of your office because you're too distracting to the right. other people working there, right. like, that's not your fucking fault if you're not doing anything wrong. And when it's time to, for them to promote somebody, are they going to promote the guy who's in all the meetings and right. walking around freely? Or are they going to promote Little Miss sit over in a corner and Don't send talk an to email? Anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're being left out. You know what this is? This is um, uh, in Friends when Rachel's coworkers are smoking and Rachel has to right. smoke in order to fit in with them and then she pretends to quit and they won't let her hang out with her and she misses out on a trip to Paris, I think, because uh, they smoke and she doesn't. So uh, the solution here is smoke start in the smoking, workplace. Right. You need to start smoking. And that's as much as, as we can help, unfortunately. But seriously, your question, are you being a bitch? Give me a fucking break. No, they're being really weird. Um, sh- is, is that it before we get into uh, our man, Bobby Marks? Uh, yeah, I do want to say that like, it, I don't think it matters that she's a 6 out of 10. She's a 23-year-old, and she works in a male-dominated workplace. I think that... Unfortunately, like that's gonna the dudes are fucking creepy. Oh yeah, there's gonna, gonna be like vultures. Right. I've I've heard I've heard uh, the term press box hot before, uh, okay. where like guys will say, um, she's press box hot because there aren't a lot of girls up here, so everyone will like jump on them or whatever. Right. And while I don't like that term, I definitely have observed that if you're a female and you're working in sports, like I, I feel great about all the girls who do. And that they're pushing through the bullshit. But fuck, I would not be able to handle every day um, guys just being all over you nonstop. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, th- like this is 100% because she's a woman in a male-dominated right. sports the, workplace. Like, right. That's but this is, it's a guy unfair. problem. It's a guy problem, right. not a, a girl problem. Right. So, so it's, like, not her fault. The solution would be to tell them they're douchebags, but I'm, I'm, I'm a wimp. So, I don't know. Uh... The, the only thing we can say, though, is it's not your fault and they're being douchebags. Um, so let us get to uh, Bobby Margs, talk a little music, and get him to say a real fun word a lot of times. Punch. All right, vacation, Bob. Bob McKenzie, uh, I assume you're at your cottage? No, as a matter of fact, not today. Um, my son, Sean, moved into a new condo in the last week in downtown Toronto. So needless to say, he needs his mom and dad to help him get organized and... Uh, that's where we're at downtown. I'm sitting on a beautiful rooftop terrace overlooking the CN Tower in downtown Toronto today. Wow, that's amazing. So this is like an this is an honor. You're in a great place right now, and you're ruining your day with with having us talking to you. Well, anytime Pete and DJ call, I mean, it sounds like a '70s sitcom, you know, like a detective and his trusty dog or sidekick, and I'm not sure which one's which. Right, exactly. DJ, yep, absolutely. Um, when do you leave for your cottage every year? Probably, I mean, right after July 1? Yeah, and, uh, right after Free Agent Frenzy. That night, I usually drive up. It's only an hour and a half from the studio, an hour from my house. So as soon as we finish uh, what we do on July 1, I go up, and I'm, more, I'm there more or less until Labor Day. So um, There's occasional trips into the city, but uh, for the most part, it's a cottage time. 
How long does it take uh, after arriving at the cottage to uh, transition to Bobby Margarita? Not very long. Um, not very long. Yeah, I went with the, uh, the douchey third person <laughs> nickname uh, on Twitter. That was like peak douche to <laughs> give myself third person names. But what the hell, it's just having a good time and having some fun. And uh, it's been a tremendous summer. I know uh, I see the um, uh, up at the cottage, I've got uh, Bell Express too. So one of the one of the U.S. stations we watch is the Boston station. So I see your weather has been you know scorching hot, and it's been the same deal for us. It's been an awesome summer. Oh, geez, that's awesome. Uh, and don't worry about the the douchey Twitter handle thing. Um, <laughs> I saw that uh, when you you had a very good Snoop Dogg take. I think uh, about uh, the song California Roll, which was criminally underrated. And I saw on Reddit people like started giving you the nickname like uh, Snoop Bob and stuff like that. So there is <laughs> there's no shortage of douchey uh, Twitter handle options for you. I, uh, yeah, and I'm going to use I'm going to use them all up before the summer's out. I uh so I actually like I texted DJ I was like oh my god uh, Bob McKenzie switched his Twitter name to Bobby Margaritas that's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life and so I was I was like that caught me off guard because your your persona on Twitter is like professional a hundred percent of the time basically is there like uh is that kind of like a struggle because it seems like you have a cool personality is that a struggle to kind of separate well the two? I don't know if I'm cool or not but um, you know I, I, I like I like to. Um, I like to laugh at myself a little bit, and that's what I'm doing in the summer. But um, I'll occasionally do that in the in the winter. But for the most part, it's it's business as usual, and it gets busy, and you're not as uh, there's not as much fun and frivolity in the job maybe as there should be sometimes. But um, no, it's just horsing around in the summer and uh, having a few laughs and making making people uh, giggle a little. Hockey Twitter and rap Twitter don't overlap a lot. We know because whenever we try it, uh, we get stick to sports and all that stuff. When you do throw music stuff out there, do you find that it's usually well received, or do you find? Like- yes, as, as a rule, I you know, especially in the off season, but even during over the course of the year, if I read a book I like, I'll tell people I like it. If I open a bottle of wine I like, I'll tell people what I like. Uh, um, you know, music, whatever the case may be. Yeah, I, music, booze. Uh, um, or just anything that kind of like, you know, it's, I highly recommend this. It's, uh, it's a good book. It's a good bottle of wine. It's a good song. It's a good CD. I guess I'm dating myself to CD, but, uh, um, but in any case, um, yeah, just kind of pass it along. And, and as I say, I run hot and cold on that stuff. There's sometimes I, Twitter is kind of a love hate relationship. Um, you know, sometimes I just play it right by the book. And I'll go through weeks, sometimes months, where all I really do is just tweet out links to what I do, breaking news, and play it perfectly straight. And there's other times when I'm in a different mood and I'll have a little bit of fun with it. I don't look at my mentions every minute of every day like I used to. I found that the world's a better place when you don't do that. Um, but it's good to go from uh, from time to time. And I most people are really accepting of whatever it is that you give them and you get the odd douche that isn't and or more than a few, I guess. But I just, I used to block those people and then I found out that even blocking them empowered them more than it did me. So I don't even, I just, you know, no matter how heinous somebody will say something to me, I usually just say, okay, that's nice and move on and, and, and just forget about it. 
We were curious, as as relatively young people who don't understand the appeal of uh, Future and Drake. Yes. Do you do you understand those two? Do you get them? Do you like them? I like Drake. I like Drake. Yeah, for the most part, I think it's you're obliged to. You're from Toronto, so. I was just um, about to yep. say you're biased, right? Yes, I am, and I, I, I but I, I do like Drake and uh, a lot of the stuff. Not all of it, but uh, um, and I, I don't, you know. My 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 uh, rap experience is like, I got serious in the car, so I listen to a lot of different stations. And I mean, I date myself, and I listen to '60s on Six. I listen to the Bridge. Uh, I listen to classic Rewind, classic vinyl. Um, you know, the uh, Y2K country, um, the Highway. Um, but I also listen to the Heat, Shade Forty Five. And um, the other one, I forget what it's even called right now, but uh, the other, uh, the main rap station. But, and I'll hear Future and stuff there. And so I, but I'm not real up on all that stuff. But, but the Drake stuff gets a lot of uh, airplay everywhere. And um, it's, uh, it's good. Uh, you once said that Jay-Z is his generation Sinatra, which might give people pause. But the more you think about it, it's actually a pretty solid take. Um, there are other candidates, though, like Justin Timberlake and all those guys. What draws you to Jay-Z there? Yeah, again, I'm not a huge Jay-Z fan, but I went and saw him that summer. In fact, it was um, Jay-Z and Beyonce at the, uh, I call it the Sky Dome. It's called Rogers Center right. or whatever. But I, for those of us that were around when they actually built the thing, it was always called Sky Dome. So people of my generation still call it Sky Dome. Um, but, uh, yeah, I went with my son and we saw it. And uh, he just, I, I just, you know, just the way he carries himself, the persona, and uh, you know, just kind of a, a, a whole coolness and vibe about him, the same as there was Sinatra. And you're a huge Sinatra guy, right? Yeah, I love Sinatra. That's uh, that's terrific stuff. I uh, yeah, I like a lot of different stuff, but um, yeah, you can't beat good Frank. Uh, I'll leave out the tragically hip because I know that would be your answer. Uh, who, who is the best Canadian rock band between the band? Heart, Rush, and Sum 41. Um, give me those again one more time. Uh, what did I say? I said the band, uh, Rush, Heart, and then I com- I jokingly threw in Sum 41. But Sum 41 actually had like two really good songs. What about Nickelback? Yeah, they had a couple. And uh, Sum 41, actually, they're from Ajax. Where I, 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 I'm from Whitby, and uh, that's the next community over. So. Mm. Um, in Canada, everybody knows everybody in the national, like the six degrees of separation in Canada for knowing a hockey player or, or anybody who's a famous musician is really like, you know, somebody that knows somebody that knows them. So, um, but, uh, I mean, Rush was a funny story. My, in 19, fall of 1970, um, my first high school dance, Rush performed at it. So, they played? Yeah, they played. It was a couple of years before they kind of broke out and became big. And uh, they were still doing they were still doing high school. I had a I had a good run in seventy and seventy one. My first high school dance was Rush. And my first concert I ever went to was the Labor Day weekend of nineteen seventy one. It was the weekend before starting grade ten, uh Wolverine Collegiate Institute in Scarborough. And me and my buddy went and saw Led Zeppelin at Maple Leaf Gardens. That was wow. my first concert. So uh, that was cool. Jesus, my first concert was Godsmack. <laughs> not, as cool. not, not as cool. Uh, what are not your as thoughts? Good. I, 
What are your thoughts on Justin Bieber? You know what? Um, you know, I I think a, a lot of the headlines, he's, he acted like a douche and uh, and what have you. But um, I'll tell you, some of the recent stuff he's done, I thought was really good. And again, I, I couldn't even sit here and tell you the names of it. I just know of it when the new CD comes out. And that's a I, when I was younger and you'd have albums or even CDs. I used to while I was sitting listening to them, you'd be studying the liner notes or whatever. I used to know the names of all the songs and lyrics and who produced what, and who wrote what and, and that. But now with, with Spotify or um, Apple Music or whatever, you just you just put it on and you play it. So you never end up knowing what the name of the CD is. You never end up knowing what the name of the song is. But the, the, the last two, one or two releases from Bieber, some of the songs that were there, I thought they were fine. I thought they were good. Uh, we're big into uh, unapologetic, just whatever you like, you like it, and don't worry about it. And what I like about a lot of hockey players is, like, Tyler Sagan is unapologetically the world's biggest Justin Bieber fan, and he doesn't give a shit if you make fun of him for it. And I feel like a lot of absolutely, I feel like a lot of hockey players are like that. Uh, but on the subject of music and hockey, I think hockey's an issue with hockey is it doesn't have enough like rock star kind of celebrities. Uh, Subban. Uh, Burns, maybe Yager. We were joking off the air. Is like he's like the dad rock version of a rock star in hockey right now. Do you think there are enough of these like titans in the league right now? Yeah, I don't have a problem. Well, you know, whatever it is is whatever it is. I don't think we should manufacture them. And if they happen yeah. organically and, and they're there, then that's great. And I appreciate the fact that PKs as PKish as he is, or Brent Burns, or Sagan, or any of the guys you mentioned. Um, but uh, you know. I don't think that you, you need to force it either. And, uh, and, and so the fact that there are so many hockey players who are real hockey players, the, the very prototypical Canadian wouldn't say shit if he had a mouthful, right. um, humble, all that kind of stuff. I, I like that too. I mean, I do. I, I appreciate that that's sort of being the, the, the norm for, for most hockey players. Um, so I don't have a problem if they're boring or what have you. Um, and, and as I said, I, I, I think there probably are a lot of people in my generation who, when a, when a guy like PK or Brent Burns or Tyler Sagan comes along that they tut tut and they don't like that. And, and, you know, and, and I'm kind of the opposite. I, I like the fact that everybody's who they are and as individual as they are. And, uh, um, you know, I, I didn't grow up in the 60s, but, but, you know, I was, when Woodstock happened, I was like, I had 12, 13 years old or whatever. So there, there was a lot of counterculture stuff going on. I was just a, a shade young for it, but I certainly recognized that, that there, the, you know, that there was a counterculture and that it was kind of cool for there to be a counterculture. And so I don't know whether, um, whether that makes me more accepting of guys that just want to be themselves, but I'm kind of, I try to be a live and let live guy. Who is the coolest uh, non-hockey celebrity you've either hung out with or met or done whatever with? <laughs> boy, oh boy. Coolest non-hockey celebrity. I don't even think I've hung out with any celebrities. Um, non-hockey guy. Well, I mean, you know, you, you meet guys in the business I know everybody, and you mentioned it earlier, people love, love to hate Nickelback, but, you know, I, I've met, I, I was at a, it was Detroit, Pittsburgh, and it was either 08 or 09, and it was at Joe Louis Arena, 
and Chad Kroger was there with Kid Rock at the game. And so my sons were at the game with me, actually. And so they would have been, what, uh, Mike's born in 86. So, and Sean's born in 89, and it was 2008. So do the math. But, you know, it's a, you know they're well into their 20s and, uh, and, and what have you. But anyways, they got their picture taken with uh, Kid Rock and Chad Kroger. And, and Kid Rock's a very cool guy. I've, I've met, met him actually during the cup final in Carolina. Um, he was there with Peter Carmanis. This was actually a cool story. We are in Sullivan Steakhouse a bunch of us, and uh, we were waiting for our table. And Peter Carmanos, the owner of the Hurricanes, and Bobby Ritchie, Kid Rock, were in the bar at Sullivan's. Um, and so I, I know Mr. Carmanos, and he invited me over, and I sat down and had a couple of drinks with them. And it was funny, there were a whole bunch of high school kids that were there for their prom dinner. There was about 60 of them, maybe two classes of high school kids, having a prom dinner at Sullivan Steakhouse in Raleigh. And... Uh, um, you know, they were blown away that, that Kid Rock was in, in the building. And Kid Rock actually went to and, and bought all their dinners and all their drinks or whatever they were doing. And uh, it was kind of a cool, uh, a cool thing. But um, I don't know, anybody from the entertainment business you meet, uh, um, you know, the guys from the Tragically Hip, uh, as I said, I know everybody loves to hate Nickelback. Um, and uh, to your point earlier, um, I don't mind listening to Justin Bieber. I don't kind of like some of the stuff. Really like Nickelback. And so, you know, take that Dave Lozo and all you other haters. <laughs> and, uh, um, but, uh, you know, all those guys are cool. And, uh, but wait, wait, you know, it comes back to kind of what we talked about before, uh, especially the Canadian guys. It's like you meet them and it's like the regular guys and you realize that uh, it's right back to the, the prototypical, polite, humble Canadian guy that, uh, uh, just wants to get along with everyone. Probably the least professional thing I've done. I think it was 2013 when the Bruins were playing the Leafs in the first round. I think it was before game six. It was like out there that like Justin Bieber was in the building and he was still like kind of a kid at this point, but it was like at the height of his fuck ups. And I like know my way around that, that building and I kept intentionally getting like lost. So I would <laughs> keep walking around the boxes just in case like I could see, see and meet Justin Bieber who probably would have, told me to go fuck off because again he was at the height of all of his issues but that would have made my life and well it's funny because he was he was he obviously was really really big and and you're right and there was a huge streak of douchiness that happened for a number of years but it, it's funny I, I was i remember being on a plane i was i think i was going to the west coast this was many years ago and and there's actually the the justin bieber documentary i forget what it's called never say never but i yeah i watched it on the plane and you know, the, the the YouTube videos of him when he was, like, really young in, in Stratford and, and playing on the street, and and you can see what an enormously gifted, you know, talent he, he really is. So, and it, it seems like I haven't heard much lately that he's done that's got him on the wrong side of everything. Maybe he has. I don't know. I'm not paying that close attention either. And as I said, it's, I'm not in a position now where I, I go out and buy a lot of music, but uh, because I've got... Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, um, but you know when when the new CD when he gets a new CD out, I'll throw it up and listen to it and some good stuff. Uh, you had mentioned, I think it was last year, that you plan on retiring. What in three years? Is that still a plan? Uh, probably four. Probably I got four. four. I think I got four seasons left. If I can do it in three, I will. And okay. I turned sixty on August sixteenth, and. Uh, 
you know, I, my 30th birthday made a big impact on me because I felt like, man, I'm not a kid anymore. I had kids then. And, uh, in fact, I think I just had my, I'm trying to think here. No, I just had one. I just had my first, uh, on my 30th birthday, I had, uh, my son Mike had been born a few months earlier. And, but it was kind of like 30, man. That's it. Like, I'm not a kid anymore. I, I got a mortgage and I got a kid and I, I got a, I got to some, be somewhat of an adult from here on in. And I got real responsibility now. And I, that's why I felt like, okay, I guess I'm not a kid anymore. I'm a man now. I better start acting like the occasion. And, um, and, but 40 never had any impact on me. 50 never had any impact, but 60, it's kind of like, man, it's uh, it, the best analogy I can come up with. It's like, it's not last call yet, but you know, last calls coming. So you start loading up the table with drinks and you're thinking to yourself, I'm not leaving until all these drinks are done. So that's kind of the way I view turning 60 is I'm going to load up the table with drinks and I'm not leaving until all the drinks are done. That's a pretty that's, good analogy. That's an unbelievable analogy. You should be a sports writer. <laughs> um, I try to capture the spirit of the thing. <laughs> right. uh, do you look at the industry right now? And th- I mean, I look at um, like where you are in your career, all that you've accomplished, and saying, okay, like I'm nearing the end. I think that this is the perfect time in sports media to be nearing the end, at least for like um, someone who's known for like breaking stories and all that sort of stuff, because organizations, it seems, are loading up on kind of quote-unquote insiders who aren't really insiders, and teams are being a lot more protective of information. So I feel like it's, A, the job's probably a lot harder to do, and it's probably changed so much. Do you feel that you'll be getting out at, at the right time? Yeah, I think, I think you're probably right. You hit the nail on the head in a couple of things. But even quite aside from, you know, teams being more proprietary and, and wanting to, you know, promote their own brand and agents are the same way to a large degree in, in some instances, um, all of that stuff, quite aside from all of that, I mean, it's just troubling times. There's just so much convergence. There's so few jobs. There's so many places that are cutting back. I mean, if, if you lose your job at my network right now, and some people did recently, Mm. And, and, or you lose your job at the other network. And some people did recently in Canada, there's really only two national sports networks in Canada. So if you're working at one of them and and you're part of a cutback, um, the other place isn't going to hire you simply because they're cutting back too. So where do you go? I mean, it's a, it's a small country in in that regard. And, uh, it's not, you know, economies of scale are much bigger in the States, but it's probably the same sort of thing going on with ESPN or, Fox and NBC and CBS and ABC and all those. It's a, it's a different universe now than it was before. And as I said, my son, Sean, he's just kind of starting out in the business. He works for Roger Sportsnet. Um, and, uh, and, I'm, and I'm happy for him. And he's, he's been very fortunate at his age to do what he's done so far. But it's still in the back of my mind. I'm like, this is a, it's a tough, tough business. And we see it with all our colleagues in the, in the print, uh, the print side of things, and what, what's happened to newspapers, what's happened to magazines, what's happened to online sites, and uh, you know, even even it used to be if you lost your job at a conventional media, at a mainstream media, that okay, well, you become a blogger. Well, now even the opportunities to blog are right. getting cut back, and and we're seeing you know, bloggers say their farewell because. Uh, whatever venue they've been a part of right what they've been a part of is can't support them so it's it's a it's a tough time 
you uh, we'll let you go in a, in a minute or two. Uh, you mentioned that you want to quote unquote load up on the drinks before last call. What do you what do you like have in mind that you want to do before you? What are the drinks? drinks? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm, you know what? I've only, I haven't done a lot of travel in my life. I have for work, but it's been work travel for the most part. You know, I've never been to Italy. I've never been mm. to France. Uh, I want to go to Paris. I want to go to Italy. Um, I want to spend some time going through California wine country. And there's no reason not to do it. Um, but you know, you're busy and you travel and you work, and then you get nine weeks off in the summer and kind of spend a lot of the, the cottage but we're going to start next summer um make sure that we take a couple of weeks each summer and go somewhere and do something and uh and not just sit at the cottage and veg out. but um so you start being a little more proactive in terms of making a plan to to go and see and do some things I, i'm a, a bit of a history buff world war ii stuff i'd really like to go to normandy and uh, um dieppe and uh and, and Juno Beach and Omaha Beach and some of the uh, the World War II history is uh, stuff that interests me. So, you know, I, I, I was in London, England when I was a kid, but I haven't been back since. So there, there's a lot of places I'd like to go and a lot of things I'd like to do and a lot of things I'd like to see. And, and hopefully I'll get a chance to, uh, to see them. You sound at peace at, like, disconnecting with all, with, like, I guess a very hectic... Uh line of work um but even just now like for the last 10 minutes you've been able to talk about music without um sounding stressed about like maybe chris russell signs or something like that uh is that something you have to acquire because a lot of sports writers seem so high strung every moment even when they're not working yeah you probably over the course of time i might have been like that when i was younger um but i i I realized how all encompassing the job is um, and it is 24 seven and it could be 365 days a year if you choose to make it that. Um, but as hard as I go for 10 months of the year um, for two months, I can, I, I can, I can park the whole business part of it. Right. And, and Chris Russell just let it go. Bob McKenzie. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, whatever. There's all sorts of news. If it breaks, it breaks. And, I'll catch up. That's fine. And, uh, and so, so, you know, the, and the problem with the job, as I said, and the, and the reason why I, I don't want to do it longer than three or four more years is because it is so all encompassing and it kind of does chew up your life. And, uh, you know, and you can't, you can't do it halfway. You can't say, oh, I'm only going to be a, do my job. I'm only going to be the TSN hockey insider on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, or I'm going to take Mondays and Fridays off, um, you know, semi retired because it, you know, to know what goes on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, you've got to put as much effort into that as you do if you were doing it seven days a week. You got to watch all the games. You got to follow Twitter. You got to know what's going on. So the, the semi-retirement that I'll probably do, all things being equal, um, when I stop doing it 24/7 and doing the insider thing, um, is to you know I can do the World Juniors at TSN if they want me. I can do some World Championship stuff at TSN if they want me. I can do some draft-related stuff over the course of the year. Um, things that have a, a start point and a finish point, and you, you could mark them in on your calendar and say, from this day to this day, that's what I'm doing. But you don't have to be consumed by it the rest of the year. So it will give you plenty of time to go off and do what you want to do and you know, set up a, a pretty good recreational schedule. Well, the way you go about it is perfect, because if you let it take over your life, then for two months a year, we wouldn't have Bobby Margarita. So thank you very much for uh, being the way that you are about it. 
Well, I appreciate it, boys. Thanks, uh, thanks for touching base. So thanks again to Bob McKenzie, Bobby Margs, for coming on the show. That was fucking awesome. Bobby Margs is my hero. He right. just, like, his ca- casual use of the word douche, like, I don't even use douche anymore because I feel like I can't pull it off. I just call everybody a dick. We got Bob McKenzie to say the word douche, like, a dozen times on our podcast. To borrow a, and sweet. To borrow a luchichism. Totally unprovoked. Right. We, yes. didn't, we didn't say, like, hey, l- listen. He had those loaded. Right. Um, when, how did he use it first? Oh, about himself. He called him. He, like, oh, came he in call, fire. He said Bobby, calling Bobby himself a douche. was a douche. Yeah, he called himself a douche. Nice. And that's the way to set it off. That's I our mean, kind of guy. If you call yourself a douche at the beginning, you can call anybody you <laughs> want a douche call after Justin that. Justin Bieber a douche. Right. Uh, I did realize that when, uh, when he made the drinks at the table analogy, uh, and then I asked the follow-up question on it. I thought that he was uh, talking about gathering drinks before he retires. He was talking about gathering drinks before he dies. Oh, I thought he also meant retire. Right. So I was like, I was like, what do you want to do right. before you retire? Yeah. And then he started talking about places that he wanted to visit, like like Omaha Beach and Paris. And, yeah. And I was like, oh. So you're like you're best you're, interviewers you're, in the world over here. You're looking at like the big clock. Here. Yes, best interviewers in the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, he's not. He's never gonna die. So that was that. That would have been a silly topic to touch on anyway. He's gonna live forever as Bobby Margarita. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. Um, he was great though. Uh, yeah. the, the, my favorite thing uh, you mentioned that he called Bob. He called Kid Rock Bob Ritchie like it was no thing. But he didn't call Kid Rock Bob Ritchie. He called him Bobby Ritchie, which shows, A, that Bob McKenzie is Canadian, and B, that he and Kid Rock are, like, legitimately boys. Right. Which is funny, because no one's... Kid Rock strikes, I think, the average person as a huge... I'm going to use a McKenzie term here. Douche. douche. Uh, but everyone loves him. Everyone right. who's, like, worked with him thinks that he's the best. I think that he would be a fucking awesome dude to just, like, hang and chill with. And, like, I would definitely have a beer with that guy and would not feel uncomfortable at all. Yes. But he does not embody the things that I... that I. Well, he's a big Trump guy. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of, like, he does not embody my feelings on, you know, that kind Life. of stuff. Right. Um, but he's, he's a fucking rock star, and yeah. he would be awesome to hang out with. Uh, so we're going to have him on the podcast at some point. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, Kid Rock, uh, sneaky underrated thing about him, he was like leading the charge against ticket resellers. He stopped doing bigger uh, shows, and now when he goes to a city, he does like five smaller shows knowing that they won't sell out, and that way no one can scalp tickets. Nice. So shouts Bobby Ritchie. I actually, uh, I actually think that... That Kid Rock gets a bad rap musically. For musically, oh no, he's awesome. Right, only God knows why. He's like, a oh, that really, song is fucking is that amazing. What gonna, was that going to yes. be your example? That song is awesome. I was going to karaoke uh, a couple months ago, and my friend sent me the like website of the company that was doing the karaoke, and he was like, "Just a heads up, they have like everything you could want here." So I was looking for like I was thinking of deep cuts that I could do, and. Um, I didn't end up doing any deep cuts. I just did. I actually did a Sum Forty One song. I did In Too Deep, and I did uh, Take a Bow by Madonna. Crushed them both. But I was really think I was like in the car that day. I was listening to music that I could maybe pick at, and uh, I really wanted to do Only God Knows Why. Only God Knows Why is an awesome song, and it's uh, and that's a good song to bring up when people bash Auto Tune because he yes. uses Auto Tune in that right. song, and it sounds really, really good. That was early Auto Tune when um, I think it was. After Cher had intentionally done it to sound like shit, but it was like he did it 
in a nice way. Uh, Filter did it in a nice way with that song, Take a Picture. Autotune, I could go all day about why Autotune gets a bad rap. But yeah, um, that song is a great example of when people are like, Autotune sucks. It's like, oh, funny. How come Only God Knows Why is the greatest song of all time then? <laughs> that the is whole a- Devil Without a Cause album. Right. And I'm about I, to get I'm, out here and just like skip the thing I have to go to tonight and listen to Kid Rock. If people want to label brunch as the podcast that believes that only God knows why is the best song of all time, I'm completely okay with that. I got really excited when I brought up Only God Knows Why and you were like, Only God and like we said at the same time, I was like, Oh, this is, we're, this podcast is gonna be played out this episode with Only God Knows Why. Pretty excited now about that. Now it has to happen. Yeah. Um what else do we have? I think that From Bobby or from from Bobby Marks yeah, or from Bobby, Bobby Ritchie? <laughs> uh, both. Uh, w- any other takeaways from uh, the Bobby Marks? Uh, he was... I was se- seriously impressed by uh, how... Um, like, I don't know how to uh, to phrase it, but he was just, like, super relaxed and super chill and really, like, hockey writers and, like like, the really, really good reporters... It occupies their mind every second of every day. Like they're always thinking about what the next thing is, who they were texting with that day, how they can get the next story. And it's a great skill, and it's why they're so good at it. But the issue is, and you, I'm sure it's the same way in football with like Ian Rapport and all those guys. It's hard as fuck, even like for me, who I'm a fucking dick bag, to like unplug. Like when we went to Lollapalooza, this that was the first time in forever that I like was not checking my email. Um, or maybe if I, maybe I did check my email and just forgot about it. We were just saying off the air. I, I realized today or yesterday, every moment that wasn't musical related at Lollapalooza, I blacked out. I don't remember. Like I've returned so many emails that people have been like, yeah, we already talked about this. Um, but I guess that was the most impressive thing for me that he's just like, it's early August. He's chilling out. He's drinking Margs. He's talking about Jay-Z He's explaining to the kids why Drake is cool. That's it's it's very enviable. Not to mention that admirable. Uh, not to mention that he just got on the phone on a whim. By the way, like w- this interview was like w- he can talk to he'll talk to you now, right? Or, yeah, and or he said that he will talk to us now, and we were like, oh shit, well we weren't prepared for this, but right. let's do it. There's something to be said for somebody that can get on the phone with two people. Like I, he follows me on Twitter, but I've never had a one-to-one interaction. Right. That's with so him. He, I've so I've never met him before. And when okay. he was like, "Oh, when anytime cut can talk to DJ and Pete, he follows us, so he knows who he who we are." But we're, we're so between the two of us, we've never had a never one-to-one him, never interaction. Him, no. So he just hopped on the phone with two people that he's never with spoken the, with to. The bad and, boys, right? Hopped on the phone with two people he's never spoken to while like on vacation. And was just like totally relaxed and awesome. So that says all you need to know about Bobby Marks. Yeah. So we're Bobby Mar- Marks guys. Um, if you don't fuck with Bobby Marks, then you're not a insert whatever we eventually decide to call um, our listeners. I want you guys to pepper us with that shit, by the way, because I it's it's good for the ego to have people like to have. Barstool has stoolies, and those guys are fucking crazy. Like they'll kill for those guys. So that's what we want. And I think that we're kind of we're kind of getting there. Like our Twitter following is it's is, interactive, right? We get um, and with it's emails, not large, but it, it's active. We have a cult following. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Not yeah, we'll get to to Bobby Marg's level of one point three point three million. But for now, take it away, kid. <laughs> 